0: I have seen people with dementia do this so fluidly that you wouldn't even notice. Hmm. I had a, a woman that I worked with all the time and she recognized me. She'd always call me Cookie because she didn't know my name. I mean, you would never know that she had dementia if you didn't know her that well because she was very good at keeping a conversation going, even though she didn't really know what was going on hmm. um, or what, you know, what we were really discussing. So there is some coverage there too, I think. So pay attention to the conversations you have with your loved ones. Maybe take some time and have a deeper conversation. They may struggle with vocabulary, having trouble naming familiar object or use the wrong name. Like instead of watch, they say hand clock. They want the flour for the recipe, but they're calling it milk or something.
1: Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging, and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams, I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, in some cases, in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, And who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Aging in Style. We have Megan Rowe back with us, the um, Senior Program Manager with the Alzheimer's Association for Dallas and uh, Northeast Texas chapter. And we are going to be talking about the holidays. And since we are, believe it or not, coming up on the holidays, we want to be aware Of warning signs when you go home to visit mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever it may be, the elderly loved ones in your life, there are going to be some warning signs that you need to be aware of and to look for just to see if they are still safe living at home or if there may be some dementia. So that's what we're talking about today 10 holiday warning signs to be aware of. So welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Of course. I'm always happy to have you on here. You share such great information with everyone. So let's kind of dive into this.
0: Yeah, so this is a great topic to, to kind of dive into as we head into the holiday season. There are many families that are spread across the country. Lori, I don't know if you can personally relate to that, but I, I can. can. I have mm-hmm. family all over. And sometimes you don't recognize changes when you haven't seen them in a while. So uh, we're going to be sharing a little bit about some things to look out for. You know, It's very common for people to think that dementia and Alzheimer's disease only affects memory, but it does affect quite a few more things than that. And, you know, when we talk about memory, we're talking about memory that lost that disrupts daily life. So have you ever lost your keys or couldn't figure out where your car was in the parking lot? You know, Um, that happens to
1: me quite frequently. Actually, I can't find my car just because I'm not paying attention. Yeah,
0: that's that's a normal thing that happens to all of us. We get busy. We get sidetracked on what we're going to the store for or whatever it is. And the trick to that, though, is that we can retrace our steps or figure it out at some point someone with dementia or memory loss that's affected because of dementia is not going to be able to retrace those steps so don't be too alarmed if you are losing things your keys or can't find something. so memory loss is one of the most common signs of course especially in the early stage for getting recently learned information is the key here. So that short-term memory is really affected. So Laura, if you tell me um, you have a doctor's appointment and you're going to head out and I can't remember, you know, where you're headed to the same day you told me the information, that could be a warning sign. Mm-hmm. So for getting recently learned information. Also for getting important dates or events. So like, maybe your anniversary, birthdays, asking the same questions over and over again. I experienced this personally with one of my great aunts when I was in my probably early 20s. She would visit and it'd been a long time since I'd seen her and she would ask me, are you in college now? And you know, all these different things. And I would share with her all about that. And then five minutes later, she'd ask me the same question. And at the time, I didn't know that that was a sign of dementia but she definitely um progressed into having um a diagnosis of alzheimer's disease
1: and i think sometimes you know things like that and especially you know 10 15 years ago people might have just attributed it to oh you're getting older but as we've learned mm -hmm. listening to you know having you on the podcast that dementia it doesn't equate to old age. It's not just you're not going to get dementia just because you're getting older.
0: Right. You know, the risk um, for developing dementia, um, the greatest risk factor is age, mm-hmm. but dementia is not a normal part of aging. So that's a good point. So someone with memory loss, that it really impacts their daily routines. You're going to see that they rely um, a lot on memory aids like post-it notes or some kind of device to track, you know, what things are going on, alarms, or if they have a spouse or someone that they live with, that person can very much cover for maybe some of the things that are happening for the person with um, suspected dementia. So that that's is something so to keep. common,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it we really is. That. Yeah, we hear that all the time, especially with people who Their family lives across the country and they haven't seen them and they have no idea until they go to visit. And, oh, dad was covering the whole time for mom and had no idea how far she had progressed with dementia. So um, that's pretty common, I think. Right.
0: Yeah. And if they're no longer doing the things that they spent years doing, like maybe they were the primary cook in the house. And now all of a sudden dad is cooking all the meals or. If they handle the finances and now all of a sudden someone else is handling the finances, those might be some warnings for you all to keep an eye on. It's not to say that a spouse or someone couldn't take care of their loved one, but it's a very difficult disease to handle on your own. And, you know, loved ones want to be there and want to take care of their spouse or loved one, but they are going to need help especially as disease progresses so being on top of this information is really helpful
1: yeah and i think the problem with spouses sometimes is like they want to keep it a secret they don't want to share it with people because they don't want to worry the kids or they don't want to as i get we don't want you to put us in the home which it's not a home but you know we get that a lot and it's just a lot of fear-based reasons why they don't say anything the other thing i was going to mention we get this a lot is that they used to go to church or they were very involved in church and now they've stopped going because they know they don't want to be asked a question and people that they know see that they can't remember that they are having some, some issues.
0: Yeah. So one of the warning signs, um, and I'm just going to skip right to it is withdrawal from work or social activities. Um, So you're so right. A person with Alzheimer's disease or dementia especially in the earlier stages may recognize their own change in abilities and skills and have a fear of people finding out. And a lot of times people will withdraw from those social activities for fear of judgment or how that's, you know, people are going to take that, or they might just like, not be able to keep up with the activity. And, you know, there's the stigma so much with dementia, but there's ways to live well with dementia. And so I appreciate always having the opportunity to be on your podcast, because the more we talk about this, more people will understand it. So including someone with dementia or someone that's progressing with dementia into social activities is really important for well-being. So the more you work as a family and friends and a community to support a person with dementia, the better quality of life they're going to have. Um, so recognizing these things as family members is really important. Um, ask what your loved ones are up to. What's their routine like? Are they going out? Are they getting fresh air? Are they going to the clubs they used to? so another warning sign to look out for is challenges in planning or solving problems that can be affected by cognitive decline Um, now it's important to recognize that although i'm going to provide you 10 warning signs not not everyone experiences all 10. so if this doesn't sound familiar it's okay because there might be other things that you know you kind of like start to look for little red flags that you might need to to inquire with a doctor or the family um, about the challenges in planning or solving problems. This might be something like having difficulty following a plan or working with numbers. Someone that could, you know, balance a checkbook, maybe can't do that as well anymore. Or someone who, say, made some kind of food from scratch their whole life. And now they're trying to follow a recipe that they're have struggling following the recipe when they never used it before. Mm-hmm. Keeping track of monthly bills can be um, very scary for you know your loved ones. Uh, you want to make sure that everything's taken care of and that there's no sitting bills or they're paying for things that maybe you, you don't really know what they're paying for. And um, this is where financial um, fraud and exploitation can really take a hold of seniors, especially ones um, that are impacted by dementia. Mm-hmm. A lot Unfortunately,
1: of times, yeah, I was just going to say a lot of times families will reach out to us and that is one of the first things they notice that, you know, maybe dad was always, you know, perfect with paying his bills and now he's either double and triple paying in a month or he's not paying at all. So that is one of the first signs we hear a lot from people when they contact us.
0: Yeah. So one thing that, you know, you can see how if someone's overpaying or underpaying their bills or being taken advantage of by someone selling something or saying they're selling something, you can also probably understand why it would be difficult to to manage your own medication. So if you have loved ones that are, you know, experiencing signs and symptoms, but also have, you know, diabetes or heart, they take blood pressure medication or stuff that really needs to be handled. um, Very accurately daily, that can be a little challenging because someone may not remember if they took their medicine or they might take too many because they forgot they already took it this morning. So, these are kinds of some things that there's some safety things that you can put in place to help with the finances, to help with the medication management. If this is something you're noticing with problem solving or just the challenges with even planning, making plans, difficulty completing familiar tasks is another sign. So, Driving to a familiar location, going to a grocery store, but creating a grocery list and then going to a grocery store and trying to figure out how to get all the items on the list or remembering rules of a favorite game. I used to work with someone who played Bridge religiously. Mm-hmm. Well, Bridge is not the most simple game. <laughs> no, it's and not. And unfortunately, over time, that love for that game you know, had to be adapted into other games because of... You know, just how complicated it was. So a typical age-related change would be, you know, needing help to use a new remote or a phone or, you know, how do I work this microwave that has 30 buttons on it? I'm finding myself not knowing how to use certain apps that I'm having to ask younger folks for help Mm -hmm. with. So that's kind of my age-related uh,
1: That's kind of the nice thing about having, yeah, having teenagers in the house or young adults because half the time I can't remember how to switch the remote to get it on Netflix or, you know, I don't know. It's complicated mm-hmm. to me. <laughs>
0: right so there's things like that where i feel like technology sometimes can make us age a little bit or feel like we're aging a little bit because it's hard to keep up with but (laughs) that's typical for aging but when it comes to doing something familiar that can be a challenge so confusion with time or place is common um a common sign or symptom of dementia this is someone perhaps not knowing it's 2022 that maybe they think it's in the 70s or 80s and they recognize their kids as being children still, not necessarily adults, or forgetting you know, that it's winter outside and dressing appropriately for the season because maybe they don't remember the day or the month or the year. Um, so this orientation can be more confusing as the disease progresses, um, but this might happen in a sign or symptom, like they might not recognize their house as their home. Mm-hmm. It could be that their house from their childhood is more recognizable as their home. But this is really an early, um, for earlier stages, it's not going to really be as dramatic, I would say. It's a little bit more like, I'm at the store. How did I get here? Things like that. So mm-hmm. is that something that, you know, you've ever experienced when working with families? Um maybe their loved one getting confused and wandering.
1: We had a gentleman who, you know, a lot of times in neighborhoods, homes can look very similar. You know, there's some same builder or whatever. And he went to what he thought was his house and was trying to get in the door and became very agitated. And, you know, thankfully nothing bad happened to him. Like someone, you know, with a gun shooting him or something thinking he was breaking in because it was at night. But that was one thing. And it's, I mean, kind of understandable how it happened because the house looked very similar. It was just on another street from his. And he was so confused because he really couldn't understand why he couldn't unlock
0: the door because it was his house. Yeah. And I think this is where building community beyond your family is really important. Mm -hmm. I also worked with a woman who's husband once he started wandering that was kind of her moment of she wanted him to be in a secure environment for safety purposes or reasons um but fortunately she had communicated to her close neighbors about what was going on and her neighbors had found he would just you know wander of the house during the day and was walking down the street but the neighbors found him and um, fortunately, they knew how to respond because they had had that discussion Mm -hmm. and the neighbors really helped support um, this woman because of what was going on with her husband. Uh, So it is, it is important to have these conversations and open dialogues with family and people that are close by in case something happens. Exactly. So sometimes it does, you know, typical age related change would be for this particular symptom would be, you know, have you ever forgot what day it is, you know, or what week it is or, I always um joke with my parents because they're retired and they never real like they don't know what day of the Mm -hmm. week it's usually unless they're yeah (laughs) yeah unless they're visiting and it's like okay my daughter's in school today but on saturday we can go do stuff so (laughs) um that's just typical because you know they're not restricted to a a schedule anymore anymore. yeah Yeah. Yeah. so it changes a little bit okay the next sign would be trouble understanding visual and spatial relationships now this doesn't happen to everyone again just i want everyone to remember that you don't have to have all of these things to to be concerned and just a few of them might be warranted to go check out your you know your physician but there are people that um the visual and spatial relationships change in the brain so it's difficult to decipher or filter information that you're looking at so for example um, judging the distance between a car in front of you and when you need to stop can be different than you know typically what we would see. So you could see how driving might become very complicated for someone with dementia, or they might see there's those old kitchens that have the black and white tile. Well, black tile might look like holes in the ground or a a dark rug or something like that might look like a hole in the ground to someone with dementia. You know, I've had experience working with a gentleman who had severe spatial relationship issues and he couldn't, um, at some point he, he was further progressed, but he had trouble feeding himself because of the spatial relationship between lifting a spoon or a fork and Um, trying to feed himself. Mm -hmm. So there's just different ways that the visual image and spatial relationships can happen, but really it can affect balance as well as your, you know, gait and walking. If you think that there's, if there's a lot of shadows, if there's a lot of like busy carpet, that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that can really affect someone with dementia. So of course we also have age-related vision changes as too so like cataracts or glaucoma or macular degeneration correctly. yeah so you add that on top of um, a dementia diagnosis that can be really challenging um so that's something to kind of keep an eye out on the next one would be new problems with words and speaking or writing so typically we might have poor busy people in life we might have trouble finding the right word sometimes when we're explaining a story or something like that, but usually it pops up for us. But those dealing with a dementia diagnosis may stop in the middle of a conversation and have no idea how to continue, or they may repeat themselves. And I have seen people with dementia do this so fluidly that you wouldn't even notice Mm -hmm. That it's just like, you know, I had a a woman that I worked with all the time and she recognized me. She'd always call me Cookie because she didn't know my name. I mean, you would never know that she had dementia if you didn't know her that well, because she was very good at keeping a conversation going, even though she didn't really know what was going on Mm -hmm. um, or what, you know, what we were really discussing. So there is some coverage there too. I think so. pay attention to the conversations you have with your loved ones. Maybe say, take some time and have a deeper conversation. See how they're doing, what their days look like. They may struggle with vocabulary, having trouble naming familiar object or use the wrong name. Like instead of watch, they say hand clock. They want the flour for the recipe, but they're calling it milk or something.
1: And I know um, you mentioned about vision and this may be in your warning signs, too, but hearing as well. Is that one of your warning signs? Because we've been running into that a lot where people, they thought they had dementia and it was because they couldn't hear. And so they just withdrew and weren't, you know, weren't involved, weren't really responding and wasn't dementia at all. It was hearing loss.
0: Yeah, so that is not one of the warning signs for dementia specifically. But with that, I will say that there could be something else going on, which is why it's really critical to get to the doctor to rule out things that aren't necessarily dementia. It could be hearing loss. It could be um, a UTI. Maybe there's not enough vitamins in the body, the, you know, nutri- you need different nutrition or something. But there's definitely things that could mimic dementia symptoms it could even be a side effect of medication so you it's really important if you're noticing anything to work with your physician to rule those things out um so thank you for up. that's a sure. good point misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace steps is another sign and symptom um we talked about this a little bit like where are my keys where's my car but we're not really putting those things in unusual places. My keys are probably on a table and I forgot where I set them. They're not in the fridge or they're not, you know, in the mailbox or something that would seem unusual. Um, I've heard of families losing like the remote control and they later find it in the the refrigerator or in the freezer. Um, these two
1: things I want to mention are common and have happened to me. So don't worry about these two things. <laughs> one is looking for your glasses and they're on top of your head. Um, that happens to me on a regular basis well, actually not regular, but it has happened. And the other one is you're on your phone and you're talking to someone, you're in your conversation and then you're like in your car looking for your phone.
0: Has that ever happened to you? Yes, I <laughs> I was holding my phone recently looking for my phone. And it was just so embarrassing, like, oh my gosh, someone pointed it out to you. So yes, that does happen. We're so easy in this life to just multitask everything and to mm-hmm. think about so many things all at once that I think those things happen just yeah. typically to people. But the trick with this is that this person that is showing signs of dementia will lose the ability to retrace those mm-hmm. steps or forget that they're even looking for something or misplaced something. So for example, which this could, you know, really cause some paranoia for people. For example, I worked with a woman who used to hide her perfume, her purse, for everything that was valuable, what she perceived as valuable to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she would accuse others of stealing because she forgot that she was hiding stuff to keep it safe. Mm Mm-hmm so she really felt like people were targeting her and taking her items of value um so that was very challenging and one of the things that i did to help make her feel at ease is that i was going to get to the bottom of it i was going to call the police and i was going to figure out what happened i became that person to help rescue the day basically mm-hmm. <laughs> and how, how could someone do this to you so yeah. This is just a way to you can respond to ease the person's mind that you're help you're there to help and you care.
1: And that's so, the best response instead of responding with no one is stealing from you. What are you talking yeah. about? You know the best way is what you just said like I'm going to help you figure this out.
0: Yeah, so when you can um approach with compassion mm-hmm. regardless of the situation going on, it's going to ease the moment for everyone. So, another warning sign is decreased or poor judgment. So, we've kind of, some of these things kind of like relate to each other, but individuals may experience difficulty with decision making. For example, the finance, going back to the finances, making poor judgment on dealing with money, pay less attention uh, to grooming or keeping themselves clean. So, those things that may have been important to them previously may not just, um, those they just may not address them anymore. Or we talked about the exploitation of money. I can't remember who told me this story, but I feel like it was pretty recent where someone was saying that their loved one was scammed out of money at a Home Depot parking lot. Someone was trying like sell whatever service they were in a Home Depot parking lot. And the gentleman agreed, went to the bank, got money out, paid this person and then just completely lost the funds like there are people Mm -hmm. out there targeting people to scam them yeah so this becomes very dangerous
1: Uh, we had a lady who she had a lawn service and the guy i guess realized she has some dementia so he took advantage of her by saying oh we need to do such and such to your yard you know your grass is dying so we have to do this and it's going to be five thousand dollars okay she'd write him a check and so this went on for about a year till a family member got involved and saw what oh, was happening but just him, she trusted this person and he took advantage of her
0: yeah so you can see how this can become particularly dangerous and you definitely want to protect your loved ones um, from financial exploitation so just keep having those conversations evaluate for yourself. What are some recent purchases? What are they doing? Is there anything that sticks out as red flags to you? So like Lori just said, that it could be someone familiar to the house, like uh, someone who's doing routine work on the house. I feel like a lot of the stories I hear about are related to fixing the house, the roof, the yard, the gutters, the whatever it is. But those are some things I would want to inquire about if you're noticing them. And Withdrawal.
1: unfortunately, I do want to mention this because this comes up quite a bit. It can be a family member who's taking
0: advantage. of Yeah, also. yeah, we've seen that too, and so. Making sure that you have financial documents in place to that loved one. Unfortunately, there are families out there or people that are very close to your loved one that can exploit them for financial gain. And it's terrible, uh, but it's really important to have your legal documents in place and and work with an attorney to, to get that all sorted out. So we talked about withdrawal from worker social activities. Um, so the last one really is change in mood and personality. So there might be some changes here when it comes to dementia, not just the confusion. Confusion is pretty normal for dementia. If you're not understanding, you know, place and time and things like that, or you can't recall what's going on or you're confused with the moment, but becoming suspicious, depressed, fearful, anxious, or becoming easily upset at home or with friends or even when they're outside of their comfort zone so the home it, this goes hand in hand with social isolation too i feel like the home or wherever you're at where that becomes your safety net a little bit or your loved one so your primary caregiver if they're kind of taking over everything for you then they can become um, the person that's really the safety net for the person with dementia so When they have to go to a doctor's appointment or they have to go, you know, wherever they have to go, that might cause increased anxiety or fear for the person living with dementia. So, again, it's really important to have more than a primary caregiver. It's expanding that care network, having loved ones or friends that can come over and be present in the life of someone um, with dementia can really help um, ease that quality of life. And although mood and personality can be affected, there's things that you can work with your doctor on, um, but there's also quality of life things that you can do to enhance the living with dementia experience for that person. And really, even if a caregiver says they don't need help or don't want help, they're going to need it. It's just a matter of time. They say for every person living with dementia, it takes two and a half loved ones, family members, friends, whoever, to care for that person. So that's a pretty big statistic. Um, And it's something I think it's really important to to remember as families are heading into the holidays, maybe they live far away. There's still things you can do, even if you're a long distance family member to help your loved ones. Those are the kind of the signs and symptoms. I did wanna talk a little bit about what you should do if you recognize these things in your loved ones. And honestly, early detection really does matter for dementia. Not only can the person take part of their own planning and care and planning for the future of what their own choices are, but there's treatment options. There's things you can do to implement meaning and purpose into your loved one's life alongside them so that early detection and visiting your doctor, if you think something's going on is really important. Of course, you want to rule out anything that may not be dementia. We do have a question that we get all the time about. And I think that it's important to bring it up here because people always want to know like the doctor, like if they say that they just have dementia, like how do we know if it's Alzheimer's or it's just dementia and things like that. And I would encourage you to get more information. You wouldn't go to the doctor and receive a diagnosis of cancer and not want to know what type and what stage and how to deal with it and go to a specialist. So this is the same thing for dementia. There's You don't want to just get a dementia diagnosis and not know what's causing the dementia? Is it Alzheimer's? Is it something else? And do you need to see a specialist? Do you need to know, you know, what kind of treatments are available, that kind of thing. So I just wanted to to reiterate that a little bit here, because unfortunately, there are people out there that just get that dementia diagnosis. And so it's really hard to get Further treatment, we just you don't have you know a pointed diagnosis.
1: I'm glad you made that comparison because I had never really thought of it that way. And when we speak with people, you know, they'll say, "Oh, he's diagnosed with dementia," and then we ask for more information, and a lot of times they don't have it. So if someone takes their loved one to the doctor, they receive a diagnosis of dementia. At that point, would they say, "I want to go see a neurologist to get you know more tests done"? What is the best procedure for that or protocol?
0: So going to your doctor, you know, your primary care physician may be able to determine dementia based on their own ability to assess and things like that. But there's specialists out there that can do further testing to kind of pinpoint what type of dementia is suspected in order to have the right treatment options. Now, your primary care physician might recommend a neurologist, a clinical neuropsychologist, or someone who can do further testing. But the Alzheimer's Association has a doctor's appointment checklist that we encourage you to take with you because it just maps out the questions for you and you don't have to really prepare too much in advance other than having these lists available. But it is important to include family members in these doctor's appointments, not just the person with suspected dementia. There are a lot of stories that i've heard where people cover their dementia for the doctor because they see the doctor for like you know Mm -hmm. five minutes maybe Mm -hmm. so having the family there to describe what's going on even if you're going to talk privately to the doctor if you're a spouse you can call ahead and do that if you're medical power of attorney at some point if that paperwork is already in place you can work with the doctor's office to let them know you have concerns in a way that's not going to embarrass or shame your loved one. So that's something to consider. Yes, a dementia diagnosis is just this umbrella term, but there's many forms of dementia. And you really do want to know what you're dealing with so that you can see the right doctors, you can get the right treatment. And hopefully we'll have medication and treatment available for the pathology of the disease. Coming out in the next few years, there's a lot of excitement surrounding that right now in research so we're very hopeful that that's gonna with early detection and getting people you know qualified during the earlier stages of disease that'll be helpful for Mm -hmm. our nation absolutely people affected yeah Yeah.
1: and if you can share that checklist with me i'll make sure that we make it available on our website too and along with the The podcast. This is such great information. And I think it's so helpful for people to be prepared. You know, it's always better to come into this in a prepared way and be looking, being proactive. That's the word I'm looking for, being proactive when you go to visit instead of just reactive. So if you've, you know, listened to this podcast on your drive to grandma's house or wherever, I think it's important that you have this knowledge now and you know what to look
0: for. So thank you so much for sharing that of course and you know we don't want to hope that anyone has to deal with this ever and um, but you're as you're headed into the holiday season as you have loved ones that are starting to age just keep an eye out the more informed you can be the better support your family's gonna get and you can help your family better understand so we definitely encourage you to share the podcast there's different topics when it comes to dementia as well so if you want to learn more and then of course the alzheimer's association is always available to chat with you 24 hours seven days a week for our helpline so that number is 1-800-272-3900 and people can visit your
1: website which is alz.org
0: we have a caregiver center online free e-learning support groups educational topics that you can join a wealth of resources for caregivers and for folks living with this disease
1: right well thank you so much for being on the podcast as you are each month and you share such great information on dementia that i know will help other people now for you people who are listening please share this podcast with your friends and family get this information out there because i think it is so so important And be sure that you are subscribing and following the podcast so you never miss an episode because we share a lot of good information each Friday. So thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.